This episode of the Global Franchise Podcast is brought to you by Scenthound, a unique wellness-focused dog grooming concept with exclusive franchise territories available in key US markets. Learn more at scenthound.com. Welcome to the Global Franchise Podcast, bringing you exclusive interviews with the most exciting new franchise brands. I'm Kieran McLoon, Deputy Editor for Global Franchise Magazine. The simplest thing is, is to think of it as competitive gaming. You, you look at it, and we, we use the term esports because it, it really is a sport. The kids are participating, and, and they, you know, they're, they're athletes. Uh, but instead of having a ball and a hoop or a net, they're you know, in, in a chair in front of a, a PC. And the mental requirements, the strategy, um, and in fact, you know, the, the fitness that you have to have to be an esports athlete is, is there as well. For the uninitiated, esports may still seem a little too niche for franchise investment. But the fact is that this market is expected to grow to $1.6 billion by 2023 and venture capitalists are queuing up for their slice of the pie. In fact, investment in esports hit $4.5 billion in 2018 with a year-on-year growth rate of 837%. Niche couldn't be further from the truth, it seems. One man taking note is Jay Melamed, who founded his League in a Box esports franchise XP League in September 2020. A perfect example of the industry's exponential growth, XB League is already operational across 15 states in the US, with Canadian expansion announced at the end of last year. But how do you invest in esports if gaming itself is unfamiliar to you? Is this just a flash in the pan or a sector that's here to stay? We find out this and much more throughout our conversation with Jay. So we are currently at 34 locations and I believe we're at 16 states in the U.S. Or actually, I'm sorry, it's 15 states plus uh, plus one in Canada. Right. We do have some other franchise agreements that are out currently in Canada. So uh, my expectation is that we will add uh, two or three additional Canadian locations in the next uh, month or two. That's crazy considering you only launched, what was it, September of last year? And you're already, it's just every time we speak, it's countless more more franchisees have joined on. It is. Uh, it's super exciting. The thing that is reassuring to me is that um, we've had more than one uh, franchisee go back to the well of sorts. You know, have 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 purchased their their additional locations to expand. So right, um, we've had one that's uh, you know that's expanded in in Wisconsin, and he's uh, continually. He actually just purchased. Uh, he partnered with somebody and purchased a third territory. So um, you know. That's that makes me feel good. Uh, he was one of our earliest franchisees, and for him to you know, keep buying into it is, is reassuring that whatever it is that we are doing on the support side is appreciated. Yeah, for sure. Multi-unit growth is kind of, as you say, you know, the best endorsement you could hope for because it's not just you guys saying, you know, we're going to offer you this, and you know, we can guarantee this. It's your own franchisees going. Actually, this really works for me, and I want to be a part of this system, uh, an even more considerable part. But I think as well, one of the things we should probably establish for some of our listeners, you know, XP League is an esports franchise. And for some people, that's kind of common knowledge. For some, that's a very scary or unknown word. Um, Could you kind of provide a bit of a quick rundown in a nutshell uh, idea of what esports actually are? Sure. Well, the simplest thing is is to think of it as competitive gaming. Um, You you look at it and we we use the term esports because 
it, it really is a sport. The kids are participating and, and they, you know, they're, they're athletes. Uh, but instead of having a ball and a hoop or a net, um, they're, you know, in, in a chair in front of a, a PC and the mental requirements, the strategy, um, and in fact, you know, the, the fitness that you have to have to be an esports athlete is, is there as well. I mean, you do, uh, ergonomics is huge in the industry right now, but I guess the nutshell is really pretty simple. It's competitive video games. Um, generally on PC, we do everything team-based. Our, our model is to make it as close to conventional youth athletics as possible. Um, that's always been our, our big selling point to parents is we use comparisons to Little League or Pop Warner or I want to say soccer, but obviously football for for, uh, for for the other listeners everywhere but the United States. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, FIFA made more money in esports and gaming last year than they did in actual like in, in their conventional way and that's i obviously it was a weird year um so that has a lot to do with it but uh you know fifa's obviously a pretty huge esport yeah no i mean as much as that statistic sounds crazy you know as someone even not really into football it doesn't surprise me because i've got loads of friends who are really invested in fifa and in you know their monetization and it is such a huge industry and i feel like people who aren't into gaming maybe don't realize that is that this isn't you know an emerging sort of you know basement kind of thing anymore it is one of the main global industries yeah, yeah. and you, you mentioned uh, sort of the the support that you offer your franchisees and if we could just unpack that a little bit more you know why would you say if you were selling let's say like an elevator pitch kind of thing how would you sell xp league as a a franchise that people should invest in because within this space you are you know something of a pioneer in the the kind of model you offer but i'm sure you know brands will emerge um what differentiates xp league as a, a really viable esports franchise option our main differentiator and you know like like you said it, it's it's built around our support we built this with the structure of this concept of a league in a box right we want to be able to provide uh, a franchisee, which we refer to as a league commissioner, everything that they need to unpack and build this league in their area. And that's from marketing support, it's development support, it is all the technology that they need to do this. We, um, we work with uh, some really phenomenal partners that we've established that they can get pro level um, outfits, pro level equipment, just everything is, laid out and set up for them so that it takes all the guesswork out, makes it really, really simple. Um, the other really exciting thing that separates us from, from others is we build this big annual event. And uh, this year is going to be our first one. And we're um, actually in stages right now to get everything lined up. It does look like we're going to be able to do it in person, which is super exciting. Um, it's going to be in Raleigh, North Carolina. We've secured the Raleigh Convention Center, which is where the Rainbow Six Siege uh, majors were in 2019 and there's some incredibly cool photos of what that looked like. So being able to play in the same space, I mean, that's, you know, that in itself is pretty cool for a kid to tell them, you know, Hey, you're in the same place that space station gaming played in the rainbow six uh, or road gaming, you know, British team. Um, it, it, that, that's, that's pretty cool. It's not often where you can, you know, tell a kid and say, Hey, you know, you're going to play you know, soccer today and you're going to get to play in Wembley stadium. Like that, that that doesn't happen. No, not um, at all. And this is this is you know this lines up where where the kids are 
wearing the same jerseys that a pro wears. They're playing the same you know, game that a pro plays and now in the same locations. So it's, you know, we're not in any stretch trying to be a path to pro or a path to collegiate gaming. We really are recreational. We do have a competitive component to it. So the kids who are really competitive get to have that. Um, but, you know, the greatest part about this is our support structure is set up to help all these individual franchisees build their network, but also facilitate these greater relationships with the rest of the network. So they interact with other franchisees and it's a much bigger, broader uh, program so that kids can participate and be excited that they're always going to be playing new kids. It doesn't, it doesn't get stale. Yeah, and that's a really vital part, I'd imagine, of the the entire system. Um, and from the franchisee perspective, you know, the way you've been speaking about it, lot sounds like the franchisees um, always sort of run these uh, operations. Is that the case, or is there more? You know, is there the opportunity for a semi-absent or even absent investor kind of model with XP League? So we do have a couple of franchisees that are um, semi-absent in the sense that they've brought on really active. Uh, lead commissioner as you know, or an assistant lead commissioner as, as a uh, operating partner of sorts. I don't know if they're all uh, in all cases are actually partners or if they're just paid employees. But with scale, um, when you look at the model, you could easily you know, include an operator to run this for you. You don't have to be. I mean, you could, you could do it as an investor only model. I think that it's really important that if you do that, the person who is operating it and running it has some skin in the game of sorts and is really invested in it. We are pretty selective. I know that sounds crazy at the rate that we're growing in, but we're not growing just to grow. Um, I still, uh, Eva, um, who's our director of brand, and I still meet every franchisee before uh, we have a conversation with them after our, excuse me, before our virtual discovery day. Um, where we go one-on-one and get a feel for them and make sure that they're a good fit, a good culture uh, match. We interact so much and our franchisees interact so much with each other that it's our core values are, are, are paramount. And so having this kind of shared common vision um, is, is also important. So if somebody were to come in and just be an investor only, I'd want to make sure that they're, they've already selected who their, their partners are and, and you know, make sure that we've had a conversation with them and that they're a good fit. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's interesting you mention virtual discovery days there because that's something obviously a lot of franchise brands have had to do in light of COVID and you know you can't have these in-person meetings. Um, but I was wondering how much of an impact COVID has had on XP League because traditionally, you know, people play games over the internet. Everyone's very disconnected. You know, there's no risk of transmission, but with something like this, you're all in a, a line with all your computers. Have, has, have you been able to operate or, you know, how has that impacted you guys? Sure. So it, it, I'm sure it has, but we started during COVID. So we, we don't, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. We, we, don't, we don't know anything else but this. So we've always, we've, we've built it with social distancing in mind. We've built it with, you know, when to schedule enough time in between matches so that we can wipe down the machines and sterilize everything so that the next group of kids, um, you sit at clean equipment with clean peripherals. Um, that, that's you know those things are all built into how we train uh, new franchisees how to operate. Um, do I think COVID has affected it in the sense that it it, it has allowed us to uh, bring on some kids who don't want to you know, can't make it in person, and we do have some virtual participants. 
the way that I look at it is is kind of the opposite. I think, well, if it works in the suppressed environment, I can't imagine how great it's going to be once, you know, if, if we say, okay, 20, 30% of parents are okay with their kids participating in person. Well, that's a whole heck of a lot of parents that, that aren't okay with it yet. And once they become okay with it, we just, you know, we just grew our market. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting way to look at it because obviously, you know, a lot of businesses do start during moments of crisis. Obviously, you've got a lot of brands that come out of the recession in 2008. Um, but it's exciting for you guys to think, as you say, you know, when the world is back to normal, the sky's the limit, really. Um, but with that really exponential growth, even more so than you've currently had throughout the pandemic, you know, what kind of partners are you going to be looking for? How are you going to grow XP League sustainably and with the kind of people that you want to have a part of the network? So, uh, again, I mean, it, it really we meet with everyone and, and we'll continue to do that until it is absolutely unrealistic to do so. But even then, I want to make sure that our, our, our culture is so ingrained that when we bring partners in, they, they match, you know, they match our core objectives. They're in line with all of our, I mean, we are a positive organization. Everything we do is, is built around positivity. We're partnered with the Positive Coaching Alliance and um, having that, that impact in these kids' lives is, is really, really important. Having this pro-level experience where the kids get to be super excited about what they're doing and, and you know, experience it from a standpoint of wearing uh, you know, really cool Jersey and interacting like, you know, with the opportunity to play in regionals and then North American finals. And then you know, maybe, maybe someday, uh, we're obviously we're thinking about getting into the UK within, uh, hopefully, uh, Q1 2022, uh, and then it'll be worlds. So that'll be even cooler. Um, but having those, those things in place and understanding the why we do it is very, very important. Um, I can kind of give you a, a sneak peek into something that we haven't announced yet, but we're going to launch pretty soon. Um, we partnered with, he was, he was highlighted in the same issue of Global Franchise Magazine that I'm in, but uh, Scott Greenberg. All right. Yeah. So he has, uh, he has his new program, which is uh, the Wealthy Franchisee uh, Workshops and, and, and Certificate Program. Well, we've decided as an organization, because I really like his platform around um, all the outside components of running uh, a franchise and, and being a franchisee and this whole concept of wealth outside of just, you know, monetary wealth, uh, but this whole like operational lifestyle program, we've actually engaged him to curate his program specifically for our franchisees. And so starting with new franchisees uh, in April, we are going to build that in as something that we offer them as part of our program. So there's no additional cost or anything like that. They come in and we put them into this program. And I think that that is going to be really phenomenal for those franchisees um, who come on at that point, because it now they have our cultural guidelines, they have all of our support, they have all of our structure for managing and running their business. But now we're actually teaching them how to be in business and how to be, you know, a, a successful franchisee. Um, and it's not something that we created and, and we're pushing on them. This is actually a third party uh, that has been very, very successful in the speaking and training and engagement uh, route. So we're pretty thrilled that we're, we have the opportunity to put that together. 
Yeah, that's really coincidental that you mentioned Scott, actually, because as you said, as well as being part of the magazine, we actually very, very recently spoke to him uh, for another part of the Global Franchise Podcast, something we've got coming up. So he, and you know, as you've mentioned, he is a very, you know, knowledgeable, insightful member of the franchise community. And I'm sure that his involvement with XP League is yet another, you know, endorsement for people who are maybe looking to get into the business, which is really great to hear. Um, so we've spoken a lot about the development of the brand, but if we go back to how it um, operates briefly you mentioned earlier uh, rainbow six siege which is you know a huge esports title something i'm personally invested in as a massive gamer um but uh xp league of course is more based around overwatch am i right it's sort of like that's the main game you guys have sort of built the the program around currently so it's it's one of them yeah. right okay uh, i was just wondering what you know if you could kind of outline for people similarly who maybe haven't heard of esports just what is overwatch and what maybe some of the other titles you um cover in xp league are and why you've chosen them to be the games that you've built the uh, the the operations around sure well so so first and foremost any game that we get involved with has to be team-based um because that's you know that if if they're individuals and playing um an individual game then it 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 doesn't fit the model and doesn't fit any of the positive coaching or anything that we're trying to achieve. One of the most exciting games in that space for me is Overwatch. And the reason I think that it's so great for kids um, is the way that it's structured. So for those who are unfamiliar with Overwatch, um, the idea is that it is a 6v6 uh, game where you have different objectives. And there's uh, there's an objective where you're... Um, Kind of playing King of the Hill. Uh, I don't know if that if that translates uh, very well, but you know, when you're a kid, you're, you've got this area that you're protecting, and you know you've got to keep in your your the, the perimeter and control that area and control that objective or point, as it's called. Um, there's another one where you are protecting a payload, and you're ex- you're escorting this payload, um, and so you have this objective. So the thing that I find really uh, fantastic is that the six person team is broken out into three parts. There's DPS, which is damage. Those are the, I like to use a football analogy, an American football analogy. So it may or may not make sense to you, but I like to think of them as, as the wide receivers. There's the, they're the ones that are going out and, and scoring the touchdowns and, and getting the plays of sure. the game. They're, they're the ones that are, that are uh, kind of pushing forward. Then we have the tanks. The tanks are your, are your linemen. They're the ones that can take a lot of damage. They kind of push themselves in and protect. Uh, and then you've got your support, which are generally healers. Um, and the healers kind of fall back like the quarterback. And you know, their, their job is to kind of see everything that's going on, pay attention to where, you know, if their damage guys are, are starting to get low on, on health and, and deal them health and uh, improve their play. And so what is critical in this game is communication and collaboration. And so if you take a group of 10 year olds and you give them this, they all want to be damaged. Everybody wants to be the hero. Everyone wants to play the game and score a touchdown, but you can't do that because you need two of each. And so it starts to show that, that there's a, you know, this opportunity to build in a component and an understanding that there is something bigger than just me. I'm a part of a team. And if I'm a really good healer and a really good support, that is way more important than, you know, just having a bunch of damage. The damage is super important too, but each role plays a part and you can be just as effective uh, in playing, you know, any one of those parts well. And so 
it gives these kids the opportunity to communicate and collaborate and, uh, and, and build this, you know, bigger than me sort of, sort of concept. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, just you, you know, explaining the three different kinds of class you can be, you immediately, even someone maybe not familiar with gaming would recognize that that's a very straightforward way to teach kids about how people have different roles and how everyone contributes. Um, are there any other sort of leading titles at the minute that you've kind of identified as a good fit for XP League? Yeah, so um, we're about to launch Rocket League in a little bit, which is which is a great game. It's uh, it's soccer with cars. I don't know. I mean, there's no better way to explain it. It's very very strange when you think about it, but it's a uh, it's probably one of the fastest growing esports titles right now. Um, we also have Fortnite. Um, most people think of Fortnite as a sole like single player battle royale. We actually play it in squads. Um, which is a team of four. We do play Battle Royale, where we get as many of the XP League locations to participate at the same time. We control it, so the kids are only playing with other XP League kids um, in our Battle Royale, and they, 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 they drop into the same island that they play all the time. We don't have to do it in a creative island. Um, and, and, and they work together to, you know, to collect eliminations and placement points. Um, I would say that Fortnite presents a very great opportunity for XP League because there tends to be uh, a lot of individualistic uh, mindsets. And so getting kids to think of it in a team manner is, is really different and it it's, presents a great opportunity. Also, there's uh, tends to be a little bit of uh, toxicity in there and a lot of taunting. And actually, there's some taunting built into the game with emotes and things like that, depending on how they're used. And so we work with the kids to you know, know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It is, it is a very interesting dynamic. Right. Okay. And I know that um, from our last conversation, a big part of accessibility for the brand in terms of bringing franchisees on board who maybe aren't involved in this space already is your weekly coaching guides in which, you know, you lay out sort of strategies for the game and just so that your volunteer um coaches can help out uh, to guide the kids uh, but I saw you recently partnered with Ritual Motion to launch sort of a new bespoke app um, and I was wondering whether that is going to replace those coaching guides or how's that going to sort of integrate with the brand yeah so um, I'm so glad you brought that up it is it is really cool and we're actually launching it this week um, it is a virtual coaching platform um where now we can we can load our coaches guides directly into the app so coaches can pull up the pdf part of it but any of the embedded videos that we were sending links to before are actually embedded in the app and so the coaches can watch it and what's even cooler uh is a lot of practice time would be used to watch these videos we can actually push them to the parents and players ahead of time and so the kids can watch these before and after practice and we can assign uh, kind of homework assignments and, uh, you know, workouts of sorts um, for them to practice. So we can give them, you know, the out of practice practice guides with with videos that we either build and make ourselves or we find we, we can link to YouTube videos um, and, and we curate this. So from the top level of XB League HQ, we curate this and put together, you know, what we think is important, and then we push it out to our lead commissioners, and then they can push it to the coaches, and the coaches can push it to the parents. But the lead commissioners and the coaches themselves have access to either build their own videos or 
add videos. And if they're great, we can actually pull them up. Uh, so if there's a coach in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, that does something really cool and the lead commissioner is like, hey, Jay, check out what we did. We can actually pull that up uh, and then we can push it out to everyone else. So there's like this great shared knowledge and shared database of, uh, of success across um, the franchise network. But it is it, it it's really cool. And, you know, we can do push notifications. So if there's uh, a practice that's being rescheduled, the lead commissioner doesn't have to get on the phone and call a bunch of different parents and all that stuff. They can actually just type it in. It pushes through the app as a notification to all the parents. There's a lot of really neat things about it. We're, we're very excited. Yeah, no, it sounds like that's a real great step towards making franchisees feel, you know, a part of a wider network and not sort of their own isolated location. Yeah. Um, you, you'd mentioned uh, that you've got this big event coming up. And I know that when we last spoke, it was in August, isn't it? The, the big um, yep. sort of one where you bring everyone together. Um, and you said, as you've said a second ago, that you wanted to make it, you know, eventually the little league of esports. Um, do you think that in the long run, uh, esports could reach that level? And if so, you know, what what do you think needs to be done to to kind of bring the the industry to that mainstream popularity? So, so when we say you know, little league World Series of, of esports for the event, um, you know, that's. In the U.S., you know, I'm likening that because that, that is something that is on ESPN and people can see it. And it's a huge, well-known um, event that happens you know, annually. Uh, do I think esports will have the popularity of, of baseball? I, I think absolutely there's a potential for it. Um, do I think it's going to have the popularity of like youth soccer or all youth sports? I, I'm not sure. You know, there, there's, there's, I, I don't know where that's going to go, but I can tell you that it is growing at rates of, you know, if you look at investment in the esports space and actual projections of what the market of esports will be, uh, they're projecting um, close to a uh, billion and a half dollars for 2023. It's grown at like 14% uh, from 19 from 2019 to 2020. I think the 2020 to 2021, you know, they haven't released anything on it, but I think that it probably had a tremendous jump and, you know, a boost because of COVID. I think when you look at the gaming industry as a whole, I mean, that's all you have to do is just look at you know, the stock market and check out what, what's been going on with like Activision Blizzard. Look at, read about, you know, obviously Epic Games is not public, but you can see what Tencent has invested in there, what they've gone back and, and what kind of uh, fundraises they've done. I mean, their, their valuation's insane. Um, and you know they're they're acquiring Epic has acquired Rocket League, and um, the industry itself is growing really really rapidly. If you look on a global scale, it in Asia and um, and the, the the greater Asia Pacific markets, it is almost. I mean, I, I would say it is as popular as as conventional sports, and in some areas might even be bigger. When you start moving west, it kind of falls down. Um, I think I, I read a statistic somewhere where, you know, it's 14% of everyone in, in the UK you know, watches or is aware of uh, esports. And in, in I think it's like 27 and under. Now in the US, it dropped down to like 3%. And so I look at that and I say, okay, well, there's not that much adoption yet, but that just gives us such a, I mean, that's, that's 97% of people that we can educate about and get excited about it, right? So there's a huge growth potential. 
Yeah, I think that's one of the more interesting stats is as well as obviously investment in esports itself. You look at the streaming numbers on things like Twitch and stuff, and especially as you say, over the pandemic, those just skyrocketed like billions of hours in a, in a quarter. Um, it's it's crazy numbers, but uh, yeah, which is, you, you know, is all very exciting for, for brands like you guys who are really, you know, on the, on the cutting edge of that. Well, I think that's a really great note to end on. So thank you very much for joining us, Jay. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's next from you all at XP League. Absolutely, Kieran. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much again for uh, for inviting me to, to talk about XP League and, and what we're up to. It's funny to think that XP League has achieved the kind of growth during the pandemic that other brands would only dream of at other times. Yet, as Jay said, this is all they've ever really known. The support that they offer to their franchisees, coupled with the increasingly mainstream popularity of esports, makes this a no-brainer for the right kind of franchisee. All that being said, Jay's perspective on finding the right kind of people to grow with was a great example of being measured in your strategy. His we're not just growing to grow mindset is something that could really benefit the brand in the long run when it starts developing more multi-unit owners. We'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this. How carefully do you vet new franchisees and have situations arose where your careful approach has paid off? Make sure to let us know. If you like the podcast, subscribe and recommend it to your friends and colleagues. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. To keep up to date with franchise news and have it put into context by the global franchise experts, subscribe to the magazine, hit us up at globalfranchisemagazine.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn today.